Yeah, as she said, my name's Tim. Uh, I'm a member here, and I'm part of the missional, the Alex Park missional community. When you think about um, the word eternity and the concept of eternal and how it's used today in kind of general conversation, um, it seems daft, but I actually think that you hear it more in a negative sense. People will say, oh, that meeting went on for eternity. That ad break felt like an eternity. Or maybe the Christian version that you don't say, but you think that sermon went on for eternity. And you'll be glad to hear I'm only going to go for 20, 25 minutes today. Um, so, but as we look at John 3, John 3 here, let's try and reclaim the b- biblical um, idea of eternity and eternal life, which is glorious and something just unbelievably amazing. Um, and let's focus on the fact that love came down to give us eternal life. Now, secular culture has its own ideas about eternal life and what happens after we die. Um, you will hear non-Christians say, after someone has died, you'll, say, you'll hear them say, oh, they're in a better place now. They're, they're looking down on us. Um, and if you uh, ask someone in the street, do you think you're going to heaven? You'll probably hear something along the lines of, yeah, you know what? I, I've not killed anyone. I give to charity. Um, I think I will go to heaven. Yeah, I think I will go to heaven. Um, and on the flip side, when someone has done something awful, um, something horrible, murder, genocide, people will say about that person, and it's more sinister and judgmental, um, I hope that person rots in hell. Or even worse, that people will say, um, there's a special corner of hell reserved for, and then you insert the, kind of, the, the universally hated crime. Um, now, this, this passage in John just completely blows, blows up those, those, those ideas of eternal life um, somehow being connected with what you do in this life. Um, and I'm going to think about um, today four kind of uh, aspects of eternity or, um, or infinite uh, that we find in this um, passage. And first of all, I'm going to think about the eternal nature or the infinite nature of God's love. Um, then we're going to think about the kind of infinite offer uh, who, who, who can benefit from um, this love. We'll think about uh, eternal life itself, what that, what that looks like. Uh, and then finally, we're going to think about having an eternal perspective. So firstly, the eternal extent of God's love. Um, from the very start of this passage, um, we're confronted with the, the huge um, kind of eternal Um, extent of God's love. God so loved the world that he gave his only son um, so that people might have eternal life and not perish. Now, um, I'm a a father of two sons and a daughter. Um, Trying for for babies for the first time was was a really big emotional kind of roller coaster. Um, And for me, the thought of um, sacrificing um, one of my sons, and I've, you know, I've got three children, um, is just uh, unimaginable. Um, and I know that um, not everyone in this room has sons or even children, um, but I hope we can all stop and think um, on the, the enormity of that love that, he would, that God would sacrifice his only son. Um, and in the, in the phrase, God so loved the world, 
it's tempting to think, oh, it means so much. But, and that's what I thought, but actually I looked into it, and the Greek, um, it's, it, it means more kind of a qualitative so. So it's more like, this is how God loved the world. This is the nature of God's love for the world. Um, and and that's, I think that's even more amazing. Um, and it, it tells us that God's love is not ethereal. It's not conjured out of thin air. Um, it costs something. It costs God something. Uh, it cost his only son. It required a sacrifice. Um, we learn that in the Old Testament, uh, through the sacrificial system, that blood had to be spilled to atone for the sins, to make up for the sins of Israel. And it's the same here. Jesus is that, that sacrifice. Um, earlier in the service, we took a moment to think about our own sins this week. And I want you to then think about all the sins that you've committed in your whole life and will commit before you die. And then multiply that by potentially the whole of humanity. If the whole of humanity accepted Jesus, they would, everyone would go to heaven if they all accepted Jesus. Um, that's the kind of potential capacity of this, of this love. We see in the passage that that's not what happens. Most of the world will reject Jesus, will prefer the darkness. But there's that potential of, of saving the whole of humanity, and that ha- that's how much God loves the world. So let's move on to think about um, the kind of universal offer of God's love. This, this statement, whoever believes, it's, it's a massive statement in the context of, of the time, because pr- previously... It was the nation of Israel and the Israelites who, were, who got God's blessings. Um, and I want to think about kind of a mod- more modern kind of way of thinking about it. Um, and bear with me on this, but I'm gonna, we're going to think about Amazon Prime. Um, we all know the benefits that we get from Amazon Prime. Free delivery, you know, the video services, uh, video streaming, the sports events, uh, a lo- whole load of cool stuff. Uh, but, you know, you have to pay for it to get it. Um, and um, just imagine if Jeff Bezos and the, and the top cheeses at Amazon decided, you know what, everyone can have it for free. All you have to do is have a free, free account, put your email address in, and you can all have it for free. Now, I'm not comparing here the reward. Clearly, eternal life is much better than Amazon Prime, and maybe that's saying something. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's more about who that offer is open to, up, open to. Up till now, it was just the people who could pay eight quid a month. And now it's everyone. And in the same way, in, the, in biblical kind of history, it, for the whole of the Old Testament, it was just the nation of Israel. And now we see that it's been opened up, opened up to the whole world. So it just hammers home the idea that You don't need to be of any um, religious background. You don't need to be related to any particular ethnicity to accept this offer. And the word whoever is even repeated three times in that verse. It's just hammering home. And if we stay with Amazon Prime for just one more thing, I think there's another parallel. Um, You know, when you get to pay something on Amazon and there's this massive blue box that says, buy with Prime. 
And if you don't want to buy with Prime, you've got to find this little tiny bit of writing that says, no, I don't want Prime, I'll continue without Prime. And it's kind of emotional manipulation, but um, God's offer is kind of like the massive blue box. It's, it's like, it's blatant and it's persistent. I think on Amazon, you even have to, you get to click it three times or something. It's, it's, it's so amazingly open and blatant and persistent. And anyone can take it up. Um, so let's now think about the nature of eternal life. It's more than just about existing for eternity. As we see in this passage, it is about life in the light. It is about being free from the lies of this world, free from the lies of the devil that keep us enslaved to worshipping earthly gods. And it's about having a new hope and a new anchor and a new inspiration for how to live our lives. And that is living in the light. Verse 21, it says our deeds are done in the sight of God. The ESV translates that as they are done in God. So the things that we do in the light, God is, is, is in them and working through them. And I think, and I hope you might, you might also think that if we know this, it, it should create a kind of enjoyment of living in the light. Um, and now I know life is not all, always fun or easy. Everyone suffers. Everyone goes through trials. Um, but where, the cho- where we have the choice to uh, live in the darkness or live in the light in those everyday moments of deciding what to say or what to do, um, I really hope that knowing this, knowing about how we're living in the light now, will kind of create a delight in living in the light. Sounds like a rap lyric. I'm not going to try and carry on that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, it, sh- it, it hopefully should create an enjoyment of life in the light. Um, and let's think, about, let's think about life in heaven um, for a moment. Um, when we die, heaven is not just sitting on a cloud stroking a harp like the secular culture would have it. Um, heaven is a physical place, like Charlton, like Manchester. We will have physical bodies. Our personalities will endure for eternity, but without our imperfections and our sin. We will recognise people, even people we've never met. In Luke 19, Peter, James and John recognised Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration, even though they never met them and they died hundreds of years ago. We will work. Jesus tells the story of the master who gave his servants a little bit of money each to, uh, to go and put it to work, to get a return. And um, when, it, when the master comes back, the servants who have gained the most money are put in charge of cities. We will help God run the universe. It's an amazing thought. Um, and um, the little-known uh, preacher, uh, David Burns, uh, did a, a sermon on, on heaven, and he, and he gave a list of things that we'll do, and I, I really liked it, so I'll, I'm just going to give it here. We will worship without distraction. We will serve without exhaustion. We will have fellowship without fear. We will learn without fatigue, and we will rest 
without boredom. And just everything in heaven is going to be on a level, another level of amazingness compared to what we think is amazing. Um, and when I was researching for this sermon, I found a, a nice little illustration that, that makes this point. Um, in Revelation, we learn that in heaven, the streets are paved with gold. And this is a story about an old Christian guy who's worked all his life. Um, maybe he, he ran his own business. He, he's, he's accumulated a lot of wealth and he knows that he's, 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 he's nearly going to, he's about to die and he prays to God. God, you know what, can I, just, can I just bring in a little bit of what I've earned? And God says, no, sorry, you, you, know, you know in the Bible it says you can't bring that. And he says, come on, just one suitcase. And God said, okay, we just want, by the way, God would never say this. I'm not, <laughs> God doesn't change his mind, but just for the purpose of this little story, let's just run with it. Um, God says, okay, all right, well, okay, one suitcase. And so the guy dies. And he gets to the pearly gates and St. Peter's there with his list of names. And St. Peter says, yeah, okay, okay, come in. But St. Peter notices the suitcase and he says, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't bring that in, you know that. And the guy says, no, it's okay, I've spoken to God. He's given me an exception. And Peter says, oh, I'm going to have to check that out. Um, goes, in the, goes in the back. Um, and um, just to rewind a bit. Um, I should have said this, <laughs> sets up the joke a bit. <laughs> um, when when, um, when the, uh, God says, okay, you can take a suitcase, he got his best suitcase, his biggest suitcase, and he put, packed it with bars of gold. Anyway, back, back to the gates of heaven. And, John, and Peter says, okay, all right, okay, but can I just see what is so special that you need to bring it into heaven? And the guy opens his suitcase, and St. Peter says, you brought pavement? it just shows we're going to be walking all over the most precious thing um, that we think of on earth we're going to be walking all over it in heaven but I just want to bring it back to the here and now and the point I made earlier about life now Jesus says we will have eternal life we're living now right which means we are living our eternal life we are living in the light. Greg told us last week that we are closer to God now than we'll ever be. God's love is constant towards us. So eternal life is not just about heaven. It's about right here, right now as well. And hopefully, this should give us an eternal perspective. And I know that at the moment we live, we're living in a cost of living crisis and there's a war not far away that's kind of fueling that and people are really struggling and I don't want to diminish that. Um, but in the context of God's eternal plan for us, God's eternal plan for you, um, th these issues are just a, a nano blink really, not even that. And not to say they're not important, they are, and we, you know, if we need to turn the heating down to get through, that's what we need to do. Um, but I hope that we can have um, hope underneath it all, or running, running underneath all the, the anxiety that we, these things might bring, um, that there is 
an eternal perspective somewhere somewhere inside you that, that knows that this will pass and we have eternal life and we can still enjoy living in the light even though we live in dark times and difficult times. Um, I was on a Christian kind of Bible study retreat uh, a long time ago when I was kind of early 20s and I heard a story of an old Christian lady who, um, who, who had people around to her house and one of them knocked over this vase um, and it was a really precious looking vase and he, was, he, he said, oh, I'm really sorry I've knocked over, I've smashed it, I'm really, really sorry. And the old lady just turned to him and said, you know what, it, it's of no eternal consequence. And that really hit home to us uh, so much that we kind of made this little acronym. We were kind of in a, in, we were students, so we make, like to make cookie little in jokes, you know. And so we came up with the acronym NEC, No Eternal Consequence. And so for the whole weekend, whenever some, something went wrong, someone dropped a plate or something, we'd go, NEC, mate, NEC. And I hope, and, and I'm not encouraging us to go, go around um, speaking in, in jokes, but I hope that. Um, that kind of uh, create, you know, brings it home a bit. Um, if we had that kind of NEC like attitude, how would it affect your view on money, on success, on sporting results, on things that don't go to, to our plan? How would it impact our, our, our thought life and our morale if we had the eternal perspective and if we focused on the fact that love has come down to give us eternal life. And if you're not a Christian here today, I'm going to repeat that this is an extravagantly generous offer um, for you to have eternal life. And in the passage, that, the, the passage identifies that, that the main barrier to faith is shame. Um, People love the darkness because they're afraid of their deeds being exposed. And can I just reassure you that if you accept Jesus and accept his sacrifice, all that shame is taken away. He has taken all that shame on himself and there is nothing left for you when you accept that sacrifice. And you know what, if you ever get baptised, and I hope you will, the pastor is not going to say, okay, before we baptise this guy, you just, could you just tell us all about your sins that are forgiven, that are so wonderfully forgiven? It would sound really cheesy, but it just wouldn't happen. Because God has forgiven them, so the church has forgiven them, so we don't need to know. You can tell a trusted friend if you want, but it's not going to come out in the open. Only God will know them. Um... So if that, that is you today, um, please come and speak to me or Greg or Elspeth. We'd love to, love to speak more about it. Um, and 